of Exodus. Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10. The message I'm going to preach tonight, it's, uh, it's more geared towards young people, but there are definitely plenty of things in here that apply to everyone in here and something, uh, some things that uh, we could all, all use in this situation. We're going to look at uh, part of a story, uh, just kind of... Uh, just go over some things that are going on, some history behind this. This is in the story of Moses when he's trying to lead the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And we don't have time to go through the whole thing, but boy, if you remember, Moses, he showed up and he's thinking he's going to go there and tell Pharaoh to let the people go and maybe perform a miracle with turning the rod into a serpent. And that's going to get Pharaoh's attention. He's going to let the people go. And the people, they're all excited when Moses first comes there. And they're just they're thrilled to death. And then Moses goes before Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. Boy, and he's all bold and he's excited and saying it with authority. And then Pharaoh says, no. And Moses is like, wait, wait, wait a minute. This isn't the way it was supposed to work. And Moses, he goes to God and he's wondering what's going on. And the children of Israel, they're murmuring, complaining, wondering what's going on. And God said, no, I'm hardening Pharaoh's heart because I've got a work to do in Egypt and I've got some punishing to do on the Egyptians and on Pharaoh. And so it's gonna, there's going to be some plagues that come along. And if you go through and you read the story, as the different plagues would come on Egypt, remember the water was turned to blood and the lice that came across the land and the uh, flies and the frogs and all these different um, catastrophes are going on. And every time Moses would go to Pharaoh, Pharaoh would try to get Moses to stop that plague and he would try making deals with them. He'd say, well, you can go, but don't go very far away. Or one time he said, you can go, but only the men can go. You've got to leave the wife and children behind. Well, you know, the men weren't going to leave their wives and kids there. He said, you all can, and then later he said, you all can go, but you need to leave all your possessions here. Just the people can go. Well, they're not, they're not going to be able to do that because they need those uh, flocks and herds and things to live on. And we see here in this passage, I want us to look at in Exodus chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. So this time, you can take your kids. He said, you can go. But you got to leave your flocks and herds behind. And Moses makes a statement to him. He says, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind. For there must, for we must take to serve the Lord our God. He said, We're not leaving one thing behind. He says, You've got to give us offerings that we can give to the Lord. We're not leaving anything behind. And he had a reason for it. It wasn't because the children of Israel were greedy. It wasn't because Moses was greedy. He had something in mind when he told Pharaoh. You'd think a lot of people said, you know, Moses, let's just get out of here while the getting's good. He said we could go. And we can take all the family. Let's leave these things behind and we'll just go and we'll start all over. But Moses said, no, we're not leaving anything behind. And he, the reason why, he says, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. Moses said, we can't, leave, we can't leave anything behind because when we get out there, the Lord's going to want something from us. 
And we don't know what it is right now, but we want to be ready to give Him whatever He asks. Because the truth was, everything they had there, it was God's anyway. It didn't belong to them. It belonged to God. And Moses said, we're taking everything. And that's the title of the message tonight. We're taking everything. That's the attitude that your teenagers ought to have right now and adults ought to have that I am I'm taking everything. I'm not leaving anything to the world. Whenever in the Bible, uh, anytime it talks about Egypt, Egypt is always symbolic of the world. And when I say the world, I don't mean the planet, but just the, the ways of the world, the ideas of the world, the sin of the world. Pharaoh, he's kind of like a picture of the devil. The devil's always going to try to get you to give up certain things and to allow, uh, you know, to allow certain things in your life, certain sins in your life. He's going to try it because he wants to get God's best away from you. There's some things that he does not want you to keep, and things that sadly so many people are throwing away. And the first thing, and the most important thing, that you need to make sure that you keep, and that you do whatever you have to to. To keep it, and there is a way that you can keep it where you can never worry about losing it, and that is your soul. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. It says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. When it talks about saving your life there, it doesn't mean like oh, I'm about to die and I need somebody to save my life. It's talking about the same thing like if we when we save money. When you take money and you go and you put it in a bank, you're trying to save it. You are wanting it for something later, something that you can use for whatever. And there's nothing wrong with saving money, but God said if you save your life, if you just take it and you store it away somewhere, He says you're going to lose it. He said, but whosoever will lose his life for My sake shall find it. That's another message there, but the way to save your life and to protect your life, you need to give it to God. If you do that, if you say it's not mine, it's His, that's when you really have a life. But then he goes on and he makes a statement here that I want you to notice in verse 26. says, For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Can anybody answer that question there? What can you give in exchange for your soul? Can anybody think of anything that's as valuable as your soul? How about all the money in the world? Yes, sir. How about a meal? A meal? Yeah. A meal? Uh, meaning. I know. Which, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. Esau. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? And that is a great example of how easy some people are throwing the most valuable thing that you have away. They throw their soul away for some little sin. Esau, he gave up his birthright for just a bowl of pottage. Why? Oh my goodness, my phone is ringing during church. Oh my goodness. Yell at myself. So he threw it away for nothing. I mean, what a shame that was. And we see that all the time where people, they give up their soul for some kind of sinful pleasure. Listen, the truth is, all of us, everybody at one point, when we or when you were born, you're a sinner. We were born in sin. We were all lost. We were all our soul was on its way to hell. That's where it's on its way to. That's where we all belong because of our sin. But thank God, He sent His Son. He died on the cross. He paid for our sins. And the truth is, we can save our soul by calling on Christ for salvation. 
And when you when Jesus Christ saves you, you cannot lose that gift. You cannot lose your soul. All you have to do is just admit that you're a sinner and say, hey, Lord, hey, I'm sorry for my sin. Truly repent of that sin. And when you do, He'll save your soul. And the most valuable thing on the planet is yours for eternity. You can't lose it. You might not have a lot on this earth, but you'll always have your soul. I thank God for that. Because you know, eternity, it's a long time. I mean, you think about it, you know, when you're young, it seems like you've got all the time in the world. But you know, I heard one person say it like this Our to our life, it's as far as if we had a timeline and stretch from that wall to that wall, that little sliver of paper, that's our life and compared to eternity. It's nothing. The Bible says our life is just a vapor. And people are throwing their souls away for nothing. Don't do that. Your soul is so precious. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come in your heart and be your Savior, you ought to do that. That soul is the one thing. If you get if you get that, you can never lose it. And thank God for that. I thank God on April 30th, 1986, I prayed. I remember. I remember kneeling beside my bed and praying and asking God to forgive me of my sins. And and I asked Him to come into my heart and be my Savior. And I got my soul saved that night and secured. And I'm on my way to heaven. And the devil cannot get my soul. And thank God for that. I thank I thank Him so much for that. I thank Him every day for that. He's, that He saved my soul. But people are throwing it away for sin. Ah. I've talked to young people before. When when we lived in LaSalle, I had a detention home ministry. Talked to young kids, your age and younger. I talked to them as young as 11 and 12 years old in jail. And I talked to them about salvation. And I wouldn't even bring up certain sins. But you don't, you don't have to be good to go to heaven. But to get saved, you ought to at least want to be good. You ought to have a desire to live for Christ. And I'd go and I'd talk to some of these kids... And I'd start telling them about salvation. I wouldn't even mention any sins. And they would ask questions. Like, well, if I get saved, am I going to have to give up? And they would name horrible sins that I didn't know kids that age were involved in. Am I going to have to quit? Am I going to have to quit doing drugs? I tell them, the Lord's going to want you to. He doesn't want you doing that. I'd have young girls. I mean, young girls that would say, you know, am I going to have to give up my boyfriend? And they were involved in all kinds of horrible things. And I thought, that guy that you are thinking about throwing your soul away for, he's not going to take care of you. He'll be lucky to be around a year from now. And you're going to throw your soul away for him? And what a sad thing that is. And people do it. They're throwing their soul away for a boy or for a girl. They'll throw their soul away for some for a drug or for a weed. It doesn't make any sense, but people do it. They throw their soul away for nothing. Determined, I I'm going to get that taken care of. I'm I'm going to I want my soul to be saved, and the only one that can save it is Jesus Christ. But you know what? There's more. And maybe you have been saved. You know you're on your way to heaven. You've got that taken care of. Well, you know what? Now you need to take it a step further and make sure one thing you don't let go of, and that's God's best for your life. Now I don't know what that is for everybody in here. I, I don't know, but I do know that God has a plan for each one of you in here. Right now, from today's September 2nd. From September 2nd on, God has something for each one in here, old and young. What it is exactly, I don't know. What it all involves, 
I don't know. But I do know this, that if you follow God's plan that He has for you from here on out, it will be, it'll be wonderful. There'll be some hard times in there, but the happiest you could possibly be is in the will of God. Following God's plan for your life. Now, once again, God's got something different for everybody in here. But one thing that we do know, God wants everybody in here to be saved. That's, we, we know that. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to keep yourself holy. God wants you to keep certain sins out of your life. When you do that, then God can use you in a greater way. He wants you to, he wants you to keep yourself pure. Listen, if you get involved with the wrong guys, if you get involved with the wrong girls, it's going to hurt your chances of getting God's best for your life. I determined when I was just a teenager, I think I was only 14 years old, when I, when I made this decision that you know what? I'm not going to worry about getting a girlfriend until I'm ready to get married. I'm not wasting my time with all the drama. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm going to enjoy my teenage years. And I'm here today to tell you that I don't think anybody enjoyed being a teenager more than I did. And I remember I didn't, I didn't want to quit being a teenager. When I graduated from high school, I stayed in the youth group in my church. I stayed, and then uh, even after I turned 18, I was still in the youth group. And after I, and I after I turned 19, not long before I turned 20, I finally left the youth group. You know why? Because I I just gotten with that lady over there, and I was wanting to get married, and so I kind of need to start looking and acting like an adult. So that's when I finally left the youth group. And that was, and uh, we got together right before I turned 20. And that was the only, she was the only reason I was glad to turn 20 because I enjoyed being a teenager. But I was ready to make that next step. And now that I was ready to have a relationship, you know, I pursued, I was ready to move on from being a teenager. And I believe I got God's best for my life when I got her. And you know what? I wouldn't have been able to get her. If I'd have been fooling around with every other girl that was around, if I'd have been getting involved in all kinds of physical junk that I shouldn't have been involved in, somebody like her would not have taken me. If I'd have come along after doing who knows what and asked for her hand, she would have slapped it away. Because you know that's the way. That's what the good ones will do. They'll they'll run you off. And I tell you, don't let go of God's best for your life. Marriage can be. A nightmare. It can. A lot of people they talk horrible about marriage. I remember when I worked at Walmart and I was getting ready to get married. All the guys were like, "What? You're getting married? Man, what's wrong with you? You know, man. You know, there were there were some guys they were determined to talk me out of it. And they they was like, "Oh man, you're 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 crazy. You don't want to do this. You know why? Because they'd married somebody who was not God's will for their life, and it was bad. But you know what? I've never regretted marrying my wife. I thank God that He brought her along. We've had a great marriage. They were fully expecting me after a few months to you know, be complaining and griping like they do about their wives, calling her the old lady and all those things. I didn't do that. You know what? I got God's best for my life. We've been married for 11 years. Yeah. I had to think about it. 11 years. And I did. I got God's will for my life. And I thank God for that. But we need, we need, you need to just determine. I want God's best. It's not going to bring bring him along when you're 12 and 13 years old. It just doesn't work that way. 
It's just going to be too much temptation, too much drama, too much problems. You're not going to be able to enjoy your life. Determine, I'm going to keep myself pure. I want God's best for my life. I'm going to keep myself holy. I'm going to keep sin out of my life so I don't have to battle with certain things. I'm glad that uh, I don't have to you know, struggle and fight the temptation to go and get drunk every Friday night. Or to go and spend the, I mean, the amount of money people spend on drugs and things. I'm glad I don't have to waste my money on those things. I see people all the time who, I mean, I've talked to people who make really good money, but they live like they are flat busted broke. You know why? Because they aren't flat busted broke, because they spend all their money on drugs. What a horrible life it is. You see, they live in, I mean, horrible conditions because they've given it all up. They've given away, they've given up God's best for their life. You need to keep yourself blameless with the law so you can have the best opportunities. Boy, I'm telling you, I know, I know so many people that some, some good friends of mine who they got saved later in life. And during those teenage years, they made a lot of big mistakes. They got in trouble with the law. And they got older and they straightened out. They matured. They realized that they did wrong. They quit doing those things. They don't do them anymore. But you know what ends up happening with these people though? They go and now they're mature. Now they want to get a job. And they go and they look and they see what's on their record. They see that criminal history. And everybody says, no, we can't hire you. No, we don't want you. They're qualified. They'd be great at it. But people, that record, it haunts them. It gets them in trouble. There's things that they can't do. There's jobs that they can't get. There may even be places that they can't go because they've gotten themselves in trouble with the law. Don't do that. It is not worth it. It is not worth it to break the law. Do, do the right thing. Say, I'm, I'm taking everything out. I want the best for my life. Keep yourself from evil. There's, there, listen, there's some sins that they'll, they'll bring a curse on your life. They'll cause you problems for years to come. That's, or Joshua chapter 6, verse 18. Joshua 6, verse 18 says, Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry. Oh, I'm a judge. I thought that does not sound like what I want. Um, and ye, in any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed. And for all that God said, there are certain things, they're cursed. If you touch them, you're going to bring a curse in your life. There's things out there in the world, things that are being promoted, things that are being shown on television all the time and just shoved down your throats. You get a hold of those things, they're going to bring a curse in your life. They're going to make you miserable. They're going to take over your life. They're going to destroy you. Don't let that happen. Determine, I'm going to, I want God's best for my life. I want to make sure that whatever God wants for me, that I can do that. Whatever job, I want you know most teenagers. Uh, I know I was no exception to this. When you're a teenager, you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life. You don't know who you're going to marry. I mean, how many how many of you teenagers in here know who you're going to marry tonight? I mean, you've already got you're already engaged. You're already making plans. None of you. All right. I mean, how many of you uh, are? I mean, you are definitely sure what you're going to do for a living. I mean, you've got it all mapped out. You got a plan. I mean, any of you got that? I mean, you might have some things that you like, but. Most teenagers don't. We, 
you know, really, um, the Lord didn't call me to preach until I was I was 19, and I remember I got I got done with high school, and you know, you get the questions, and, you know, Sammy and Danny, you guys probably you know, you get this lot. So, what do you what are you gonna do now? You're getting ready to graduate. What are you gonna do after you graduate? And everybody wants to know what your life plan is. You know, where you're gonna go to college, what you're gonna study, what you're gonna do for a living, who you're gonna marry, and you know, and you're at the I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just trying to graduate right now. And I, I, I'm not sure what's next. And it seems like there's all this pressure on you. And, I, and that that period of time, I mean, it, it's crucial. And it seems like the longest period of time in your life. But most people, they, they don't know what it is. And when I was that age, I didn't know either. And I remember uh, I looked into going to the community college there in town. And that's another story. But the Lord, through some divine circumstances, kind of stopped me from doing that. And I remember Dad wanted to start a Bible college in the church and I thought, well, you know what? I might as well do that. I'm not going to be doing anything else right now. And I didn't know what my calling was yet that the Lord might want to call me in the ministry. So this will help me if that's what God wants me to do. And so I started doing it and a couple years into it, the Lord did call me in the ministry and I'm glad I had done that. Otherwise, I had delayed my things a couple years. And it ended up working out good, but the uh, the truth is, most teenagers that they're you know it's like the kids that when I taught in the school and I even tell my kids like oh, I hate math, I'm not going to do anything math. Well, what if God calls you to be a teacher? Well, I'm just not going to do it. But what if what if that's what God wants you to do right now? Why don't you learn as much as you can? In case God wants you to be a math teacher, well, you know, right now, why don't you study that English as much as you can? In case God wants you to be an English teacher, because this is what's been set before you right now. Um, you know, maybe you know, take those music lessons that your parents paid for. Because what if God wants you to be a musician? What if God wants you to play the piano in church? Or what if God wants you to sing in church? Do these things just in case God calls you to that area. And when you're when you're young, when you're a teenager, when you're still in school, that's when you have the best opportunity to learn all those things. After you get out of school and you start working 40 hours a week, maybe more, you don't have time to do anything like that. You don't have time to develop new skills. You don't have time to learn new things. You've got too much on your plate, especially if you get married and, and start having kids. It's just, you're not going to be able to do it. Now is when you can. And you ought to have the attitude, I'm going to learn as much as I can just in case God calls me in that area. And what, I mean, if I give you any advice, get as much knowledge as you can from your school. Learn as much as you can. New opportunity comes up, take another class, do it. Have the attitude that, Lord, I'm going to do this in case you want me to work in this area. If it's something in carpentry, Lord, you might want me to be a carpenter. I got an opportunity now to learn. I'm going to do it. You know, Lord, uh, you might want me to be a cook. I'll go take the cooking class or whatever. Whatever it is that God calls you, I say I want to. I want to be able to do whatever God wants me to do. Get as much wisdom as you can from people like your parents or your pastor or teachers or other spiritual leaders, whoever they are. Get wisdom from them. Man, I thank God for some of the people that the Lord has brought into my life. I thank God for my parents, uh, godly, wise people, my grandparents. Uh, there's been other preachers I've had the privilege of knowing in the past that have been a huge help to me that I've gotten a lot of wisdom from them. And that is valuable. 
You know, it's sad how many teenagers, they when it comes to life advice, they go get the advice from somebody who's never even lived life yet. You know, you don't go ask another 17-year-old, you know, how to, you know, be a 18, 19, and 20 year old. Okay? They don't they don't know yet. They haven't experienced it. You go talk to somebody who's done it. Somebody who's done it that's been long enough since they've done it that they've had time to see uh, the fruits of their choices, whether what they did worked or not. Go talk to them and get some advice. It is gold. Some of you kids, you I mean right there in your homes, you've got moms or dads that could give you advice that could change your life if you just listen to them. Maybe in your school. Uh, I mean, who, who knows what kind of inspiration you could get? God puts people in your life on purpose. God, the teachers that are in your life in your school, they're there on purpose. God knew that someday they're going to. Maybe they were there to teach you, you know, just how to be patient because they're a knucklehead or something. That happens. But learn whatever you can. Have that too because I don't know what God's going to want me to do. So I want to I want to make sure I keep as much as I can. There's going to come a day when you're going to need their wisdom. Some people, they wait. They never talk to their parents about anything and the Lord ends up taking their parents home and now, who am I going to go to for advice? Listen, you know, guys, talk to your parents about how to find the right girl before you get married. Not after and you already picked the wrong one. You know, that's what most people do. They all learn their lessons after the fact. When they're in a mess. And, you know, don't go, you know, see, you know, I mean, I'm always there. If somebody needs counsel, I want to help them. I want to be there for them. But you know, I would rather you come to me now about maybe advice about friends and who you should hang around now instead of when you're sitting in jail because you're hanging out with your friends and you broke, you know, robbed the gas station. You know, do it before. You know, now now you're sitting in jail. Now what are we going to do? Now it's kind of late. And I used to talk kids and attention to them all the time, and I'd always ask them, "So, what are you going to do when you leave to make sure you don't have, you don't get out of here?" You know, one of the classic responses you get is, "I'm going to try to find better friends." The friends get into trouble, and okay, that's good. But then they get out and they get right back with the same friends again, and it's like, learn your lesson, follow. This advice I talked to some. What are you going to do to make sure you don't end up back here next time? What's your plan? Not going to get caught. <laughs> not, not a good plan. You're always going to get caught eventually. You might get away with a few things here and there, but not worth it. Say, I have that attitude that, hey, my life, it belongs to God. I want the best for my life. So I'm going to make sure I keep these some things out of my life. I'm going to add some things in my life. This is this is huge. You don't realize how big this one is. Spend as much time as possible being involved in the house of God. Look, I, I mean, I, I thank God for this. God gets every bit of the glory for this because this has nothing to do with me. And because of that, I believe God could bless you in here ten times as much as He did me if you would follow this. But being in the house of God, getting involved in the house of God, is so important. Listen, that's where the blessings of God are at in His house. That's where God is going to speak to you most of the time is in the house, in His house, in His church. Get involved 
in the house of God as much as you possibly can. I, when I was growing up, I grew up in a pastor's home. I had no choice but to be involved in the house of God. I had no choice. And, uh, and I, I wasn't against it. I was just kind of born in that situation. But I thank God for it because, because I was there, even though it wasn't my choice, I still received the blessings from it. Like crazy. I mean, our whole life revolved around church. Everything we did, it revolved around church. And the Lord blessed my life because of it. But you know what? There's other people that I know who they didn't. You know, they weren't from a pastor's home, but they just got in. They got involved all they could, and God blessed their life. Young people who some, uh, who came from homes where their parents weren't saved, but they got in the church. They got involved. My dad was one of those. My dad, for many years, his parents, they got away from God, and his parents didn't go to church. And my dad, by himself, by his own choice, he continued going to church. He stayed faithful in the house of God, and God blessed his life. Like crazy, my dad came from a family of nine kids. He's the only one out of nine kids who's never been in jail. Only one. He's one of only two that have never been divorced. My, I mean, my my dad, God has blessed his life, and he'll tell you a lot of it's because a lot of it's been in the house of God. And you might be in a you might be in a different situation, but if you by your own choice you get involved in the house of God and you start serving God however you can and however small of an area it is, God is going to look at that and I believe God's going to bless you way more than He even blessed me. Because you know what? You have a choice. I didn't. But you do. And God will bless you like crazy. There's going to come a day when you're not going to have as much time and opportunity. I mean, I thank God for the people in this church that do... All kinds of things. Brother Menez, he's got talents in, in many areas, and he's he's been a blessing around here. And I think I thank God for that. But at the same time, too, he's a busy man. He's got a wife and three kids. Works a full time job. Uh, you know, Brother Stevens been a blessing this year. Has helped mowing the grass. Said he's going to mow it tomorrow. Hallelujah! I was planning. I, I don't have to do it, and that's a blessing. And I, I I thank God for that. And I'm telling you, when you when you do stuff like that, it does not go unnoticed by God. He sees that he's he's going to bless you. But as you get old, it's the easiest time to get involved in the house of God is now while you're young, while you're a teenager, and get in, do as much as you can, do whatever you can. It's a great opportunity. If you don't learn how to serve in the church now, more than likely you're probably not going to when you're older. It's just it's the way it works. Some people start doing things later in life. It, it, it can happen, but most people that grow up around the church but never really get involved, it's the same thing. When they grow up, they're out, maybe not even involved at all. I've seen that happen a lot. Get in, get involved. Determine. I'm taking everything. I'm going to get as much time with my family as possible. You know. It, with when you're a teenager, and I, I was the same way. You know, friendships are huge. I, I had some, I had some good friends growing up, some very close friends. I got all kinds of you know stories I could tell. You know, the good times we had, uh, the trouble we got into, all, all those things. I could tell you all them stories. Uh, but at the same time, and this is something that teenagers never like to hear. I've said it here before. I'm going to say it again. But chances are. The ones that you're close to now 
five or six years from now, you're not going to be close to them anymore. They may marry somebody, move off to who knows where. I mean, there's just there's a million different things that could happen, and chances are most of your friends are probably going to go and do their own thing. But the ones you can count on being in your life are your parents, brothers and sisters, your family. They're the ones that are going to be there. The time you spend with them is much more valuable than the time you spend with your friends. That time is valuable if you stay out of trouble and you're doing if you're doing right. I treasure the memories and the things that I did with my friends growing up. But that time with your family it's the most important. Don't throw that away. Don't waste your parents. The Bible talks about weight of a son wasting his father. Or a girl, they can waste their mother. Don't do that. Get to know, get to know your parents. Be close to them. I guarantee you, your parents want you want to. But a lot of times, it's usually teenagers. This, and a lot of parents, they've fallen for this philosophy of. Oh, we just gotta let you know teenagers be teenagers and just do their thing, and we just gotta trust them and you know let them get involved. That's garbage, you know. <laughs> My kids are gonna be involved in me whether they like it or not. <laughs> but you know, it'll be a whole lot better though if they want to, if it's their if it's their choice. Don't throw that away. Listen, you ought, I mean, you know, guys, and girls, you ought to work work with your parents when you can. Dad's doing a project, uh, you know. Get involved, help them. That's great time. And you know, there's going to be some bad times in there. And sometimes me and my dad, when we worked on projects together, we both tried to kill each other. But uh, there's other things that we worked on that were great memories, that learned a lot of great things. Don't give that up. But all these things that we're talking about, all these things we're talking about keeping. Notice, you are the one that is blessed when you hang on to these things, when you keep these things, these will help, these things will help your life. They'll make you happy. But at the same time, I, we're not, I don't want you to have the attitude that we're t- taking everything or we're keeping everything because I just I want everything for me. The attitude ought to be is I am keeping, I'm taking everything because I don't know what God is going to ask for. That's what Moses said. We don't know what the Lord's going to need from us. We don't know. So we're just going to take everything so we're ready. And whatever He asks, when He says, hey, Moses, I need this from you. Okay, we've got that, Lord. We've got that. And we ought to have that same attitude. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to learn as much as I can in school right now. That way, because if God comes to me someday and says, hey, I want you to be a teacher, alright, Lord, I'm ready. I can do that. And then, whatever it is, Say, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I've done that. Right now, you've got to learn as much Bible as you can. Some people say, well, I'm not going to be a preacher. I'm not going to be a Sunday school teacher. Wait a minute. What if the Lord calls you to, to that? What if the Lord wants you to be a Sunday school teacher? What if the Lord wants you to be a pastor? Or maybe, what if the Lord wants you to be a missionary? Whatever it is, that ought to be your attitude. When we lived in LaSalle, for several years, I knew that the Lord eventually was probably going to lead me to start a church somewhere. I didn't know when it was going to be. I didn't know where it was going to be. And so for about three years, we did everything we could to make sure that we uh, we had all our debt paid off and made sure we kept our expenses as low as possible. That we didn't do anything to tie us down financially. And the attitude was, if the Lord calls us somewhere, we want to, we want to be able to go. The Lord calls us to start a church somewhere. I mean, who knows what the financial situation is going to be like? We don't know. We saved as much money as we could because I don't know 
you know, if I'll be able to find a job or if the church will be able to pay me for a while. I don't know. And so our answer is we need to save as much as possible. Not so we could use it for ourselves, but so we could use it for the Lord. So we could do something for God. And that was that was our attitude. And we you know we we did. We took those things and the Lord called us and we moved and they're his. And we were fine with that. And I believe God's gonna bless us for it. He always does. And it's sad what people are how easy they throw things away for nothing. I mean, girls they throw away God's best for their life. For some bum it's not going to take care of you. That's going to treat you like garbage. You throw, you throw away... These kids will throw away their relationship with their parents for a friend that's going to, not going to be around in a couple years. What, what a shame that is. Some kids or people, they will uh, get out of church, get out of the house of God for a TV show. You know, I can't think of one TV show that's changed my life, that's brought me blessings, and that's brought me happiness. I've seen some that's gotten me some good laughs and things like that. But you know, I can't imagine I can't imagine laying out of church for a television show or a video game. Now, I don't know. It's made, I've, I've talked to kids when we had the bus route. I talked to kids. Hey, you know, they'd come on the bus route. I'd see them. They'd be gone. I would say, Hey, where have you been? Oh, I've been busy. I just haven't had time. But man, you're eight years old. What are you so busy doing? You know, if you get down and you do some investigating, my parents just bought me a Wii. <laughs> I've been really busy. I went. We went to the house one time and knocked on the door, and the girls like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to ride the bus tonight. I'm like, why not? We just got new furniture. <laughs> well, you know, it's still gonna be there when you get back home. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that's not worth it. Don't don't miss for that. I mean, listen. If you had a funeral, or I mean, even if you at least say it's like Disney World or something, or something like that, it's tempting. But uh, new furniture, a video game. Don't throw away God's will for your life for nothing. There's a verse in the Bible that says, "Ye have sold yourself for naught." You sold yourselves for nothing. Yet, you mean people are getting nothing out of it. There's people right now that they gave up God's will for their life for something that now has them doing time in prison. What a rip-off. You know the only one that will give you a deal like that? The devil. The devil. And he is good at deceiving people and to thinking they're getting a better deal. Hey, you know what? This, if, you're gonna, if, if, you're, if you go to church and you get into doing all that church stuff, that boy at school, he's going to think you're... Bible thumper. He's not going to want you. Devil's like, you know what? Just give that up. You need to go for that guy. I mean, just look how good looking he is. Boy, then you're in for it. Five years later, when he's treating you like garbage, when he's not that good looking anymore, heard one preacher say, I probably shouldn't quote this, but I think I thought it was a good one. He's like, it's like, you boys, you look at that girl. So, oh, I love her. I love that Coke bottle figure. It's like, what are you going to do when she turns into a three liter? <laughs> it's amazing what people are throwing God's will away for. It's not, not worth it. Don't do it. Have that attitude. We're taking everything. And right now, one thing that you can get secured 
right now, today, the first one we talk about, your soul. Get that taken care of. You can come to this altar. We can take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Get your soul saved from an eternity in hell. Saved for an eternity with Christ. What a blessing that is. So let's all stand together tonight with our heads bowed.